Hi, good evening. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And tonight we're talking about loneliness. Loneliness is a problem that a lot of people deal with. It's something that's that's uh, common to the human condition. And right now in the midst <clears throat> of all this COVID-19 stuff, it's probably getting worse and worse because we're getting less and less social interaction. We've spoken about it before because of... Um, we have? Social media and stuff like that. We, oh, yeah. we talked about right. how that separates people from mm-hmm. physical contact, but that's that's choice. And now, um, and some people, it's not necessarily a choice, but now, definitely, it's a, a separation from other people is kind of being mandated. Uh, where we live, especially, we're being separated um, from other people, no matter what you want. So, and for health reasons or whatever reasons, people are getting separated from each other right now. Um, uh, doing research on this, I looked on WebMD and they said that loneliness, uh, they call it the loneliness epidemic. Mm-hmm. It ranks uh, right up with smoking and obesity on the effects on health. And really? It, you mean all the time or just now? Uh, always. Oh, okay. The loneliness epidemic, uh, the first article I saw was in 2019. Okay. Um, the ones that are affected the most are 18 to 22-year-olds. They're really? considered the loneliest of all. It can cause health effects like inflammation, stress, high blood pressure. One in four people, when they were surveyed, said that they feel like nobody understands them. And one in five say they rarely feel close to anyone else. Oh. Or is this just the people who said they were lonely or everyone they surveyed? Everyone they surveyed. Oh. And uh, in 20, this is a 2019 uh, study. And they said that... Uh, Twenty-eight percent of Americans right now live alone in their household. Oh, it's wow. a rising statistic. More and yeah. more people are living by themselves, and of those that are are um, claiming severe loneliness, males more than females. Mm-hmm. Um, Eighteen to twenty-two year olds, seventy-nine percent say they experience loneliness. The majority of people that are at risk are uh, under twenty-five thousand a year in income. And it's interesting because when they did this study, they said that 69% of the people who said that they feel lonely mm-hmm. live alone. 65% of the people who live with two or more people said they were alone. Said they felt lonely. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Well, I will say one, uh, the Bible does speak about loneliness. And uh, when I looked up scriptures about loneliness, Psalm twenty five sixteen says, turn to me to, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. And I read that and I realized Psalms is the, is the book. It's right in the middle of the Bible. It's like the heart of the Bible because it's just full of emotions. All the emotions are in Psalms mm-hmm. and how loneliness is a common condition to all. Yes. Everyone feels lonely at times. So sadly, some people feel lonely a lot more than others, but and it's really interesting because that is the first emotion that God spoke about. Really, it is not good for oh, man to be alone. You're right. Right away, God realized we are not meant to be islands. God said it is not good for man to be alone. You know, today I was making cookies and I was trying. I was thinking of this and I thought, you know, the only human beings that have never experienced loneliness will be the ones who never come out of the womb, who are miscarried or aborted because they have always been with their mother. 
And I think even when I, I re- remember our little grandson being born last September, I, I think when the baby first comes out, that's got to be a shock because it's a total new environment. And I don't know if the brand new baby feels loneliness, but maybe things are happening too much. He probably just feels shock is what he mm-hmm. feels. But, but I think the only ones who don't feel loneliness are those ones who have not left their mom's womb. Well, there is, yeah, that, that separation anxiety of some sort, yeah. Um, the VA says that, um, uh, the VA did a, a, a study on the risk factor, loneliness as a risk factor for suicide, mm-hmm. and said that connections between loneliness and suicidal behavior in the general population mm-hmm. was first observed in 2001. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It wasn't until recently we started looking at this. Um, Why? Were we I don't know. Embarrassed it's, by suicide. It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. In, in addition to suicide, loneliness, and social isolation, a closely related but distinct construct, it's, uh-huh. have been linked to high blood pressure, cognitive decline, depression, and premature death. Some researchers identify social isolation as arguably the strongest and most reliable predictor of suicidal ideation. In other words, suicide attempts. Yeah. And that's a sad thing. And it goes on to talk about how um, loneliness and social isolation can be even more important risk factors than hopelessness, anxiety, uh, perceived burdensomeness, um, that kind of stuff where where you would think uh, veterans dealing with PTSD and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff, what would be the most important the highest risk factor is loneliness and social isolation. Mm-hmm. That that part, when you said in the very beginning how a quarter of the people felt like no one understood them, mm-hmm. I think that's, that is the, we need to, everyone experiences loneliness. I think the, the, the devil and flesh, it separates us from other people thinking we're the only ones who feel a certain way. And that makes it worse. Because, you know, especially... Someone's home, they see the TV, they see all these people laughing. People are always laughing in commercials, you know, like everyone's having a good time and no one can experience what I'm experiencing. And I think it, when we feel like no one else understands, that makes it even lonelier. I think it does, and I think, I think that social isolation um, can lead to negative self-worth feelings and then that leads to that feeling of loneliness again. I saw something interesting and said that the opposite of loneliness is not popularity. What is it? The opposite of loneliness is intimacy. Oh, that makes because sense. Because you can be lonely in a crowd. Yes. The loneliness, uh, the opposite of loneliness is actually being intimate with someone, having someone you can share your heart with, that you can listen to, that you can speak to, that you can talk to. Um, and that that's an interesting um, that's true. concept in and of itself. And we know that God says we are never alone. But even Jesus experienced loneliness. Yeah. That's one of my points. Jesus experienced it. So uh-huh. loneliness, this might sound silly to some, but loneliness is not a sin. Sometimes we think, uh, especially as believers, that we shouldn't feel lonely because we know God is with us. But God never condemns someone who feels lonely. In fact, besides saying about that, is that uh, Psalm 68, 6 a says, God makes a home for the lonely. So God never condemns someone to f- feel lonely. Even though we know God is with us, we still can feel lonely. And God says, I'm your home. Come home to me. 
that intimacy that you talked it doesn't have to be with a person especially we can be intimate with God and that's how there's always a a place to go when we're lonely I mean Jesus right, right. and God says he'll never leave us alone and uh, Romans eight thirty eight and thirty nine says, "For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, n- neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord." God will never leave you alone, and you know what? You don't have to believe in Him; He's still there. Right. You don't have to uh, have professed faith. God is still there. He's waiting for you to acknowledge that he's there, but he is always there. Um, Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. No matter what happens, God is with us. And that sense of loneliness um, that we get is because of this. And I'm not trying to minimize loneliness at all. But because of this, if you look at it from this from that standpoint, um, loneliness is an intentional state of being. Because you're not acknowledging someone who's right there with you. God wants to be intimate with you. It now, is intentional, but I, I don't. No, sometimes people don't know how to get be in, uh, be emotionally intimate. Right. Be, they're like crippled emotionally. And right. they don't know how to... But God takes all the, all the cripples and the broken. Yeah. God seeks the broken. He yeah. seeks the lost. So if you are in a situation like that, just turn to God because he's waiting for you. Um, it's also interesting. I found a National Institute of Health published a study from, from uh, Road Hill and Ellison. And what they did is they looked at um, individuals, especially older individuals. This mm-hmm. is in the, the uh, uh, Journal of Gerontology. Older individuals who often experience loneliness. They get the empty nest, they're widows, mm-hmm. they're widowers, that kind of thing's going on. What they found was that being involved in a church extended the lifespans of older individuals because they had a higher level of social interaction and higher levels of social support. So mm-hmm. for older Americans, it having that connection, that common thread, that connection really helped. And I I see that in our own church because one of the blessings of being in a church is that we have multi-generations there. Right. You may, we do not have our grandson with us right now. Right. But when I go to church, I get to run around and, and play and hug other people's grandchildren. Mm -hmm. I get to spend time with older people. I can't be near my mother because she's 12 hours away, but I can be with people that remind me of my mom. Mm -hmm. That, that, all of society can be encapsulated within within the church. So that relationship also, that common relationship with God, that reaffirmation of our relationship with God, and the, and the reaffirmation of, of uh, the social support of being with the people of God, not only is that something that we anecdotally say, boy, that's a good thing, we also can look at scientific studies that are saying the same thing. You know, interestingly... Talk about how the church has uh, different generations. If you think of other uh, civic organizations or other other things people are part of, there aren't multi generations usually in no. other things. Usually, it's oftentimes it's gender separated and and age separated. and it's age separated. 
I and mean, there's something special about having them multi-generation. I love the guys. When I was in the American Legion in, in Blunt, I really was proud of that. I really enjoyed those people. Um, I was the youngest one. Mm-hmm. We had a World War II vet there. Mm-hmm. But I was the youngest one. There was no one younger. And they were always talking about, we need to try and get find young guys and find young guys. But the majority of the of the men in there with me were either Vietnam or, or Korean War vets. Right. And um, that was almost an isolationist thing, too, because <laughs> not only were they all males in that particular group, didn't have to be, but they were, um, but because of their age, they were going to slowly pass on. Mm-hmm. And they were dropping off in numbers, and it was a it was a fear that that the the Legion Club there itself would disappear because of basically yeah. aging out, and there is a loneliness to that too. Mm-hmm. The people you sit around and stare, share war stories with, whatever, as they leave, it gets mm-hmm. harder. Yeah, I have a I have another verse, and I had mm-hmm. this thought when I looked up. I just I started researching loneliness. I just went back to the back of my Bible to the concordance and there were just a few verses actually with lonely in it Mm -hmm. and one of them was a a reference and it doesn't have loneliness in it but it it has broken heartedness or broken heart Psalm 147.3 says he heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds and I think actually after I got that reference loneliness is a type of broken heartedness and so we can seek God for healing we're, we're really, we, uh, loneliness is a type of inner wound, yes. emotional wound. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, God will heal us of that. But I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it's according to betterhelp.com by a John Janig. I know I said that wrong. He says, uh, loneliness is a complicated emotion, difficult to express in words as it comprises so many other emotions. The triggers for loneliness are equally diverse and complicated. Loneliness hurts. Obviously, we know that, but it's still... Um, and you said that thing about Jesus was lonely. And one verse came up about that. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered. He's talking about his disciples. They'll all mm-hmm. leave him. And you'll leave me alone. Yet, I am not alone, for the Father's with me. That was John sixteen thirty two, so Jesus even felt that brokenness, that brokenheartedness of being rejected and, and, and abandoned, just, and the feeling and the fear of that because he knew it was coming. Yeah. Um, the ultimate account of Jesus' loneliness was when he was dying. Yeah, on the cross. On the cross, and he said, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" Because that was the first time he felt disconnected. Yeah. And and uh, Mark fifteen thirty seven to thirty eight says, with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Now, the the significance of the curtain, of course, when we go into the context of this, um, the curtain of the of the uh, temple temple of the holy of holies within the the temple in Jerusalem separated the compartment where um, the Levitical priests would go in once one priest at a time once a year and go in and actually be in the what was known as the presence of God. Through Christ's death and his subsequent resurrection, that curtain is torn apart so mm-hmm. that God's not in one spot. God's with all of us now. So when when you're lonely and you're worried about those things and those things are, are happening, you, if you go to God, 
if you return to the source, as Jesus did after he died, mm-hmm. he returned to God. Right. Then you will be able to to conquer that because it's loneliness is a powerful thing. Our emotions are very very powerful. They they take a they take a great toll on us physically. They take a, our emotions will take tolls on your relationships, on your work life, everything, uh, on your on your lifespan. Your emotions can be overwhelming. And if you have no way of sharing that, no way, mm-hmm. no intimacy with anyone to let to release those emotions, mm-hmm. um, that can be really, really hard on you. Yeah, so sad. But God is just waiting for us to turn to Him. And I find a lot of peace personally. I would recommend this to anyone. When I get into the Word, when I get into Scripture, mm-hmm. I find peace. No matter what state of mind I'm in, when I'm done, I come out of there with a state of peace. I focus on something other than myself, and I focus on the love of God, which is when you get into the Scripture over and over and over again, that is the message you get. It's that God loves us. And you get that feeling of being loved. Mm -hmm. You may not have gotten that from other people. Uh, You may not have gotten that from other people your entire life. You may have never had anyone say that you were sufficient. But to God, you are sufficient. You don't have to change for him. You don't have to look better for him. You don't have to act differently. He just wants you. And that is an amazing concept. And when we witness to people and we explain that to them, that no, you don't have to be better first. I'm not a religious person. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. God wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants that intimacy. And he doesn't put any limitations on that, which... Rarely will you ever have an, a, a relationship with another human being mm-hmm. that will not have to put some limitations on right, it. God doesn't. Right, because we have limits. But I, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I just remember when I was in the Army, this was before I knew you, I was uh, stationed up at Fort Drum in upstate New York, and I remember driving, this was before cell phones, and I, yeah, that was really, you know, we still had cars then. I was driving, <laughs> I was driving uh, by myself in my blue car, and I don't remember where I was driving. I just remember I was so lonely. And I remember thinking, if I go off the road right now, no one in the world knows where I'm at right now. And I just, but God knew. And I was a believer, but I, I just, I just felt so lonely. And it does hurt. It really hurts, but I found a really good article online. Mm-hmm. It was from Focus on the Family, It's and it was written back, I think it was 2007, and the article's called Loneliness Can Be a Gift from God. Or no, no, that was my point, but the, the article's called The Gift of Loneliness and by a woman named uh, Shana, or Shanna Shoot. And I want to just share a little bit from this article because it's, it's really good, and and I do want to, you know, if you're listening to this and you're lonely, you're feeling that really pain of loneliness, I don't, I'm not trying to discount it because we know it hurts. Boy, does it hurt. Um, but, but there's, you can find peace in God. Okay, and she, uh, Ms. Shute writes, instead of running from loneliness, allow God to use it to draw you close closer to him. When we sink into loneliness and allow it to do its redemptive work, by embracing it, it can be a powerful teacher. 
So instead of uh, another place I wrote that, that people and, and we are, this pandemic has, has really stopped, halted this for some people, but, uh, modern society is so good at just filling every single hour with activities mm-hmm. and people are almost running from loneliness they're, or they're running from whatever, but they, they run they're People run, I don't think necessarily from loneliness, they're running from silence. Yeah, that's it, silence. People are afraid of just being still. Yeah, and they're running from, I don't know, so they don't have to think. I'm not sure, but they're not comfortable, I guess, with silence. So they fill their hours with activities, and they might be really good activities. I mean, they might be helping people all the time, whatever. But but this thing that says, embrace this, it can be a powerful teacher. And, and, and silence is a powerful teacher. Loneliness is a powerful teacher. You just kind of have to sink into it and let God speak to you through it. And I just, can I read these? These are all from the, the same article by this Ms. Shute. Uh, yeah, be, be prepared in case I jump in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Loneliness can cause us to seek out others for friendship when we might not anyway. Hmm. Loneliness can help us see beauty in others. Loneliness can help us get a deeper knowledge of God's love. Loneliness can help us define or redefine our calling in God. When God strips away our close connections with particular people for a season, it's for a reason. Hmm. It can be his way of moving us into his calling for our lives. Anyway. And I think a lot of people that are dealing with loneliness, not all, but a lot of them have not had solid connections. And I look at this 18 to 22 year old range here that they say these, these, uh, this, that generation is, is struggling the most. And that is a, sorry about that. It's my that's problem. a social media, um, generation. Yeah. They grew up with social media. Yeah. An 18 year old now, um, probably has no memory of not, they're not being cell phones. Or electronic mm-hmm. devices, or anything like that. I had an interesting conversation with my son, who's a little older than this, uh, a year ago, and we were talking. We were on a long road trip and had the chance to spend a lot of time talking to each other. And we were talking about uh, the social media because I'm a teacher in a high school, and it's a it can be an issue within the school. Kids are on their phones when they shouldn't be, and all sorts of things. And getting into websites and talking to people they don't know and all sorts of things that we talk about. But he said that the the slightly older generation is trying to get farther and farther away from social media. Mm. Because they've gotten to that point where they realize that they're missing that social interaction. Mm -hmm. And like you said, a lot of times it's all activity, 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 activity. And I, I see friends and family who are constantly running with children. Mm-hmm. They've got lessons, they've got games, they've got practice, they've got all these different things. They've got camps to go to. They have uh, extracurricular activities. They do all these things. They're running, 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 running all the time. And none of those things involve just sitting still yeah. and being with each other. Mm-hmm. So I think as more and more as our society gets to this point where we are disconnecting and you hand your kids your phone to keep them quiet and they they are lacking that ability to be truly intimate with someone who they love mm-hmm. and who loves them but they just don't have that connection and they have a hard time understanding that God the Father 
doesn't want a text from you or an email from you. He wants a conversation with you. It's, I think it's going to be harder and harder for these generations that are growing up in um, self-imposed isolation, basically. Yeah, that's what social media does. To try and open their hearts up at an intimate level because they can always be anonymous on a keyboard. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it takes courage to open up, mm-hmm. to to have a, a real connection. And our two youngest have hated it. And uh, we have limited them so much with social media in high school here. And they, When we say our two youngest, that's 17 and 18, by the way. They have not had cell phones um, and... It was like we were horrible parents, but my, and we just gave a cell phone, and it only works on Wi-Fi for our, a smartphone to our one who just graduated. He'll be nineteen in July, and he's having a ball with it, you know. And well, especially now fine. because he hasn't, you know, hasn't been able to go to school for the last two months. Yeah, so he and it was a senior, and he graduated, and uh, since this whole thing started, he has only left our house, to our yard. Like we live out in the boondocks, so we don't have any neighbors. Twice in two months. Yeah. Once to go drive. to prom where they, they had a walk down Main Street. And once to go to graduation where they had a socially distanced walk down Main Street again. So, Well, the reason why I brought that up is because what I've been trying to stress with them is that so many kids or even young adults, adults even, can't look at other people in the eye. Mm-hmm. They can't have real conversations because they've almost stunned themselves if, if if we isolate ourselves, we forget how to do that, or we never learn the skills. And so I've wanted them to know how to talk to other people and to look at other people and to have the courage to do that. Because now, these days, it does take courage to look at each other in the eyes and, and really just look at each other. And Well, in our generation, it probably isn't as big a deal, but... I look at the kids as being, you know, how people have this abject fear of public speaking. Yeah. Why? Well, because it's a vulnerability. Yeah. I'm going to be standing up there and I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to say something and you can take shots at me and do all those things and I don't know what's going to happen and how people are going to react. I think it's the same way. Teaching that intimacy of of sharing your heart and being emotionally vulnerable uh, to get away from the loneliness mm-hmm. is like teaching someone public speaking. Yeah. Now, as a pastor, uh, and we're doing podcasts, and and we do an online FaceTime Bible study now, um, when you get comfortable with that intimacy, Mm -hmm. you're not afraid of embarrassing yourself. No. Occasionally. Because it happens. And often I do it to myself on purpose. I get a laugh out of my congregation because they think something I said was funny about myself. Oh, they embarrasses himself. (laughs) <laughs> but when you but when you get to the point where you can trust people, when you can trust yourself to be embarrassed in front of someone or to share mm-hmm. something with someone that is silly or or that makes you cringe inside but you can share it with someone, that's a freeing experience. Yeah, it is. That is a very that is a very liberating experience for someone to to and to it, go through. And if you do it, it helps other people do it. Right. To be to be vulnerable and honest. And I think we need that, and that can help combat loneliness. I mean, if if you're listening to this and you're lonely, tell somebody. I mean, look them in the eye and go, I'm really lonely, or, 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 or whatever. But try to reach out to somebody because 
uh, I mean, start with God. I mean, and and maybe he'll lead you to someone else because I bet there's someone else you know who's lonely. And Yeah. It is so easy for us to, to overlook those things. But if you stop and you think about the person that you admire the most, the one with the social skills that you say, boy, I wish I was like that person. Mm-hmm. I wish I was able to do that. I, I have people that I look at and think, man, I wish I could remember names the way they do. Some people can memorize names. We've got a, a para at our school who knows the name of every single child I in the them. school. That's and amazing. she stands right outside the lunchroom every morning when they're coming out of breakfast from kindergarten all the way through high school. They got to walk past where she is, and she calls them all by name as they come That's out, great. which is just an amazing that talent amazing. that I've never had. Um, but God is seeking the lost. He is seeking the lonely. He's seeking the broken. Psalm 68, 5 and uh, 6 actually use the word lonely. Okay. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. Mm-hmm. He leads yeah. out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. He sets the lonely in families, and he leads mm-hmm. the prisoners out singing. Mm-hmm. That's good. God adopts us as children into his family, and now you have a father that loves you and wants to be intimate with you. doesn't matter what your earthly father was like. No. None of that matters. But what does matter is that God loves you, and that's what he wants. Yeah. Boy, we could talk about this forever, but I guess we're done. Well, all I I would, just to to wrap it up, to tie a knot in it, I would encourage you to reach out. Oh, not a knot. No, your bows go in here. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, knot, go back to the knot. knots. are nautical. Okay. Knots are manly. I'll go with knots. We we don't tie bows in our ties unless you're a bow tie guy. But you you tie a knot in your knot. Bow ties are knots. cool. Knots. We're going with knots. Yeah, bow yeah, ties yeah. Are cool. Yeah, we're Doctor Who fans. Um, <laughs> but just to to end this, to put this all into into an ending here, if you are feeling lonely. There are so many people that love you. There are so many people out there right now that you don't even know that love you. Mm-hmm. Jesus said the, the second greatest commandment after loving, loving the Father is to love each other. And if there's a true follower of Christ, they love you. And it does not matter whether you know them or not. Reach out. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Jane. You could reach out to anybody. If you go to a house of worship and say, hey, I'm lonely, I need help, someone is there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be alone. There was a study done um, during World War One. It's a bunch of psychologists. Typical, they use the military as guinea pigs. And one of the situations that they had was dealing with what they, at that time, they called shell shock. We call it Mm -hmm. PTSD right now. And what they did is they took men that had seen extremely heavy combat, horrific things in World War I, trench warfare, horrific things. And they put them into two separate groups. They pulled them off and they did a study. And one group they pulled back and put them into hospital beds and put them into into their way off the line so that they couldn't hear anything or see anything Mm -hmm. that were reminded them of it, and let them gave them time to heal. The other group, they kept together as a group, and they put them together with other people with similar experiences. 
And they didn't have to go very far off the front line. And the ones that healed the fastest and the ones that were able to go back and be actively participating as soldiers again, the ones that could actually um, get past traumatic events in their lives were the ones that were with others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God said it is not good for man to be alone. You're not meant to be alone. You are meant to be with others and you are meant to be with him. So reach out. You don't have to suffer this alone. You don't have to be alone. Hey, thanks for listening. God bless. Bye.